0: This is Dune Talk, a DuneNewsNet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. Welcome to the first episode of Dune Talk. This is the official show of DuneNewsNet.com, your one-stop news site for everything Dune. On this uh, talk show, we'll be discussing all of the news related to the upcoming movie, books, games, comics, collectibles, and more, in addition to diving into the lore and current discussions in the community. I'm, I'm here today. This is uh, Marcus hosting this show together with uh, Simon. Hello, people. Cool, and for this first episode, we're joined by a uh, special guest, uh, Joseph Tavano and Ronnie Johnson from DuneCast, a uh, host of the long-running number one uh, Dune podcast. They've been going strong since 2016 and their library contains uh, insightful and really in-depth discussions of all six uh, books in uh, Frank Herbert's Dune Saga. I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thanks, Marcus. Uh, Simon, it's it's great to be here. Really, uh, really excited to help you guys kick off the show. Um, can't wait to uh, talk about all the news in the world of Dune.
2: Yeah, thank you for having us, guys. Uh, it's nice it, when we first started. You know, we had the books, but now it's books, comics, games, movie. Yeah,
1: we we predicted this for a while. We were saying, you know, Dune is going to blow up, and uh, can't wait to be along for the ride. And now here we are. You know, we're in it. We're in the thick of it now, and it's uh, a lot of our our Prussian dreams are becoming reality
0: <laughs> yeah it, we, we, we said it uh, before, but I think in the next uh, three months we're going to get more dune than, than ever before. it's going to be uh, yeah an amazing time
2: yeah, we are because it's hitting my wallet hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's hitting the wallet. it's going to it's going hurt the purse a little bit before or anything else, but yeah, I mean think about that we're going to have more dune than ever in our in our in our lifetimes. Like coming out in a matter of months. And it's it's insane. And then the whole world is going to know Dune like they've never known it before too. And everything is going to change after that. Hopefully. If if, if things if all goes according to plan, right? Um I always I always think of it before Lord of the Ring, you know, Lord of the Rings before the films and then Lord of the Rings after the films. It was never the same afterwards.
3: And finally I'll get the respect that it
0: deserves.
1: 100%, 100%. Really
0: excited for that. Awesome. Yeah, so much to be excited for. So let's let's get into the news uh, for, for this week. So since this is the first show, we're going to go back a couple of weeks to some of the, the recent uh, big announcements and uh, dive in, understand what's, what's uh, going on. Dune Movie News. So the first thing for, um, uh, for this episode is... Uh, The world premiere of the Dune movie was confirmed for the Venice International Film Festival. Marcus here. So, major movie news dropped during editing. Dune's release date in the United States has been pushed back again, this time by three weeks, from October 1 to October 22. While it means some of us will have to wait a little bit longer to see the movie, this delay does make some sense. Dune is moving away from premiering one week after Venom, and one week before, No Time to Die. Now, in its late October slot, it will get more time to breathe on IMAX screens. Johnny has written an excellent analysis on Dunewsnet.com, breaking down what the new date means for Dune in context of the fall release schedule. What about international territories? Before this latest delay, Dune was set for a mid-September release date in some countries, including Latin America, many parts of Europe, Australia, and Russia, While it's reasonable to expect those premieres to also be moved back, Warner Brothers France themselves have announced that they will maintain their current September 15 release schedule. Other international premiere dates are still to be confirmed. We're continuing to cover this story and we'll discuss further in our next episode. Now back to the show. So we know that the Venice International Film Festival is going to be held on September uh, 1 to 11. Um, and the dunes uh, screening is confirmed to be on Friday September 3rd so on the third third day of the festival so there had been some trustworthy reports already starting from uh, from May but we recently got the, the official confirmation directly from the festival uh, organizers so and um, l- looking at, at this um, what, what do you think um, th- this this means are, are you ex- excited uh, let, let's start with you Joe you know um, <laughs> well I got
1: lit up for this one but I heard this and I'm like, well, that's cool and all, but is it really going to help is, is it really going to help the 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 film is it really going to help fans? Um and people were not too happy with that reaction. Uh, yes, Venice Film Festival premiere is a great thing. Um in and of itself, it it's really cool that it's going to be there. It's going to be shown to um you know, plenty of legitimate Media, um, as well as uh, many people, um, you know, in the pop culture uh, reporting community, as well as well as you know, many people who get invites um, through press for their blogs as well. And it's going to be a great thing um, to have that out there. However, I really, really hope that this is not the beginning and the end of the marketing for uh, this film. I am so worried that they're not going to do an insanely massive push uh, for this film. And that that's my biggest concern. So, yes, this is great um, that it's premiering there. And, you know, we've heard that many uh, films distributed by Warner Brothers go on to win more awards and they're considered, um, you know, for high Oscar nomination nominations. Also great. Doesn't translate to box office. Unfortunately, the only metric that is going to greenlight more Dune films. So... Yes, I'm happy. It is a good thing, but I'm not sure. Uh, I'm I'm not going to be you know jumping up and down just because it's premiering in Venice. Um, I need I want I want more, <laughs> and I want more f- very soon.
0: Simon, do you have any, any thoughts? I agree with the
3: marketing. I think marketing is going to be super crucial. What I'm hoping is that this will start getting people's attention to it, especially people that are. F- Film fans, you know, because if you look at the cast and if, you know, it gets awards at a festival, then maybe that the critics will bleed that press into pop culture and there needs to be a big campaign at this point. Yeah, You know, it's full of amazing talent. It's a Denny Nove movie and I'll probably butcher his last name a hundred times on this podcast already. <laughs> and you're right, like Blade Runner 2049, I'm a diehard Blade Runner fan. I did not want that movie to exist. I saw that movie. I was like, well, okay, then I'm sold. But did it do well in the box office? No. And sadly, people didn't realize how great that movie was until it hit, you know, iTunes or whatever Mm -hmm. streaming service or even home release. And that's what I'm afraid would do. But then we also have HBO Max that hopefully people will hear about it. And it's that whole entire Catch-22 Are we going to go, are people going to be wanting to see it at home? Because they can, or go out to the theaters. It's very, very tricky. I'm excited. Part of me wishes it was in Cannes, but I'm okay with Venice. Um, I just want the movie. Can you, can we just, can we just please get the movie or, or more trailers or something? And give me, (laughs) give me that promotional stuff. Like I want to see the TV spots. Don't go totally Star Wars crazy with TV spots. But still, tease us a little That's bit more. Absolutely, more trailers.
1: Oh, contraire. I, I say go crazy. Go crazy like Star Wars. I, that is the biggest thing I'm worried about with the, the Venice... I'm not worried about it, but that was my distinction I was trying to make with the Venice Film Festival announcement. I'm like, this is great, but the people who are going to reporting on it, by and large, are going to be speaking to the choir, right? They're going to be speaking to the initiated who understand film, who know upcoming releases, who will deign to give their time to it or not um depending on their proclivities and what they want to film what they want to watch but these are these are not the people that need the that this film needs to reach to become a mega hit you know we need to we need to to hit the people who are you know watching Monday night football i want to i want to hear from my cousin who doesn't you know doesn't follow anything about news about this about this film i want literally everyone going out to see it uh you know within the appropriate age range i guess but you know, I, I do. I want it to be completely saturated into pop culture this fall, and I really hope that's what they're going for, and not just the the elite film path, which will only, you know, it will only go down a very narrow segment of the of the population.
0: And one one footnote to this uh, to this news was that um, they're going to be debuting Dune out of competition, so it means it's not going to be in uh, competing for the, uh, the Golden Lion. Uh, uh, Best Film Award at the festival. R- Rod, uh, do you think that's the right uh, call, and do you have anything else to add to what others have said?
2: Um, I don't know if that's the right call or not. I'll be honest, I'm not as big on film festivals. You know, I, I'm i glad that it's showing at a festival. I think that means that they believe in it. Um, when originally it was announced and it said it was going to be same day HBO Max and theater, I was excited because I thought it would get more eyes on it. But as I've, as it's been going now, I've been kind of leaning more towards. I wish they would go with a straight theatrical release. I think it's one of those movies that I, I absolutely think they need to do more advertising. I want pe- like you guys have said, we need people excited. We need people to actually go to the theater if we want to get the second one. Like I know they said they've greenlit it, but we all know how quickly that decision can change. And I don't think they really do a great job. I don't think they've got the metrics down for how many people have streamed it as compared to how many people go to the theater i think they still rely on that box office metric and i'm worried that now that it's going to be on hbo max a lot of people are just going to watch it at home and it's not going to show as successful as it could be yeah
1: if they don't change the metric there um and, and, and if they don't factor in that those streaming numbers it's uh it's not a good sign but We'll see, right? If it has strong box office plus streaming, yeah, it, it was enough for uh, for Godzilla vs Kong, right? Hey, I <laughs> tried
3: watching was... that. I was like, I don't understand what's going on. I watched five minutes of it. I was like, okay, maybe I should watch the other ones.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I loved it. It was good stuff. Yeah, yeah and of course there was Wonder Woman 90- nineteen eighty four. Like it was a huge disappointment in, in box office. Of course, we were in the middle of a pandemic, but it got uh, greenlit uh, right away. I think an important note there in terms of the um, the metrics so when it comes to uh, external facing transparency of course you know the box office is very visible uh, internally for these uh, for these companies whether it's uh, Netflix or, or HBO max you know you, you better believe they, they have very clear view on exact the metrics the amount of uh, of, uh, of times that people are watching the show what what, what it's driving for, for their platform. So from that perspective, I, I do trust that they will be able to take that into account for, uh, especially for movies uh, this year. And I think that, that's, uh, that's something that's, that's only going to increase more and more as, uh, as uh, streaming becomes a bigger part of the, the movie landscape. Yeah, definitely. The, the other thing that uh, I'm excited about here is, um, yeah, as, as mentioned, we're going to get, um, th- this is going to get in front of all the big media outlets. Uh, I remember back in 2016 with, uh, with Arrival. Uh, that also had its uh, world premiere at, at Venice, and we basically had on the same day uh, the initial reviews from from the big media outlets like uh, Deadline, Hollywood Reporting. Of course, like it's not going like hugely in depth reviews, but you got a good sense of like what the movie was about, what what the style. Uh, so I'm really excited to see those initial reviews and sort of uh, get a feel for the for the buzz online from the industry and insiders. yeah,
1: and, and you know, Arrival's box office was not. Nothing to write home about. I mean, if if Dune makes arrival numbers, it's a failure. Um, Yeah, arrival grossed uh, one hundred million in the United States and Canada, and one hundred two million in worldwide. Um, So a total of two hundred three million, and production budget of only forty seven million, which is wow, really cheap. You know, you factor in forty seven million, probably you know double that for marketing, Um, and then you get you know, you still get a hundred dollar, a hundred million profit there. So, I mean, the numbers worked out for that film, those numbers are not going to work out for, for Dune.
3: Here's the other interesting part. So we get October 1st here in the States. Um, Europe gets it earlier, like a couple of weeks after this festival, I was thinking about that. Isn't it like around the 15 or something of September, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's going to release in in France, um, Belgium, and Luxembourg starting from September 15th, and then a bunch of other European countries, uh, South America, Australia, Russia, uh, in the next couple of days, so basically two weeks before the U.S.
1: Yeah, trying to create that rolling thunder. Um, It's interesting. I think they actually are depending more on the worldwide release than they are the U.S. um, Based on the based on you know the hbo max situation as well as just the uh the illiteracy of you know towards towards dune itself they just don't underst- the, the audience just doesn't know the film in the united states and i, I think they're hoping that the uh, the international audience will will be more uh, more accessible to it
3: so here's a question for you guys what when you talk about dune to non-dune fans what do they tell you what's the first thing that comes to their mind well if we're talking about like how do we introduce people i
2: always try and sell the book as you know written in the 60s but i always try and stress the ecology part of it which i think a lot of people enjoy knowing about you know like back in the 60s that so there was some guy worried about the environment writing books about that um, and i also try and tell them you know like this isn't the classic 60s pulp novels you know this is very much you need to sit down you need to read it and I'm careful about who I recommend it to, to be honest with you. I don't just tell everybody, you need to read this. It's the best book ever because there are some people I know.
3: This book's not for them. And I hope that they enjoy the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what people right now are like, oh, wasn't there like a really bad movie in the 80s about that? And it's like a really big book. I tried reading it, but I got really confused. Like that's pretty common. And that's where they have to show the marketing and being like, this is a, anyone can approach this. Yeah. This is a whole new era of Dune but still the same source material
1: yeah yeah I mean yeah I have a buddy of mine I do a Star Wars podcast with and um, I try and talk to him about Dune he's like you know he said I got through the first five minutes and there's like a worm guy swimming in a tank and then like there are you know there's there's, I I," he's like there's 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 needles and then these crazy ladies with like uh, he's like I don't know what was going on I felt like I was on acid so and he just like checked out right there. <laughs> that's it. He's like, you are, you know, that's your thing. <laughs> so I don't I hope that that's not where we're going with this. Uh, you know, but yeah, the this film needs boots on the ground and it needs to, to get people bought in and they need a fast.
0: Yeah. Continuing to the to the next story, which is basically related to this. So following up on the Venice announcement, we actually had a special video message uh, directly from Denise Villeneuve himself.
3: Hello to my TIFF family. I wanted to do something special at the festival this year. I'm honored to announce that my new film, Dune, will have a world-exclusive IMAX special event screening at the Ontario Place Cinesphere. This film is meant to be seen on the largest screen possible, so I'm deeply happy that TIFF will get to enjoy this ultimate viewing experience
0: first. See you in September. Dune will have its exclusive IMAX premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival. So that's going to be basically starting towards, towards the end of the, the previous festival, so September 9 to 18. And uh, that premiere will be in the Cinesphere Theater at uh, Toronto, and there will be screenings in Montreal. So I guess the question anybody who wants to answer is Is anyone heading to, uh, planning to, head <laughs> up to Canada?
3: No, but I have, I have some friends in Canada, and I'm super jealous of all of you right now i don't even have a passport so yeah i'm good i think mine expired (laughs) but you know what it needs to be shown on imax like oh yeah it's one of those lawrence of arabia type of big scope 70 millimeter projection and that's why it needs to be and hopefully they do something also with the marketing to get people to the theaters hey experience in imax one of the scenes What? Paul arriving on Arrakis and just showing it like you guys remember when Star Wars did their special edition Mm -hmm. like you've only seen it on TV but now you can see in the theater kind of like showing the big scope of it and kind of being like hey go out to the theater experience this movie in IMAX show the scope of it show how gorgeous it's going to look
2: yeah I definitely think you need some of those desert shots and you need shots of the sandworms you know you need something that makes people go I want to see this in the IMAX.
1: Yeah, I'm ready for for a three story, you know, thing where I'm coming down at me. Ready for that? Yeah, I can't wait to be in IMAX there to see this thing. Happy I'm vaccinated. Happy I'm ready to get back out there. So yeah, can't can't wait to be. I uh, I will only see this IMAX. We're talking we're talking Dolby. We're talking IMAX. It, it's going to be uh, only the finest for for this film for sure.
3: What if they release in 3D? I'll
1: see it both ways. I don't care. <laughs> throw, throw it at me. Yeah, I was going to say. I, don't, I doubt they'll do a 3D screening. That's I, I've heard nothing about them producing this for 3D at all. Um, I think those days are probably pretty much over when it comes to the 3D gimmick until until the Avatar movies come back, of course.
0: Uh, speaking of uh, theaters, uh, so we actually uh, have seen a couple of theaters have started to list the runtime of Dune. So there was one Croatian theater that listed it for 155 minutes. Uh, Cineworld UK listed it for 150 minutes. So we don't know the source, or like if these are like just placeholders or official information from industry-facing sources. But we have heard some some other things which uh, which make us believe that this is indeed in the right ballpark that the that the movie will indeed be between 150 and 165 uh, minutes. Uh, so, Rod, Rod, let's start with you. Assuming that that's the runtime of the movie, do you feel that this is the right length? So two and a half hours or more?
2: Absolutely. I was fully expecting two and a half when it, when they said, especially when they said they were breaking it up into two, I, I saw, I think two and two and a half hours, you know, at one point, two and a half hours was a long movie, you know, for a while there you movies were like 90 minutes. And when they started getting to two hours, everybody started freaking out. And then, you know, now, especially with these comic book movies, they're running two and a half hours a lot and it's not that long of a movie. And I think that Dune source material is, dense enough that we absolutely need the two and a half hours to fully get the story and everything that we need
1: yeah i mean when i walk out of there it's gonna feel like i wanted more but it's probably the right timing right because uh, is anyone gonna sit down to a property they don't know for longer than two and a half hours probably not people are so afraid of run times drives me nuts but yeah um I, i can't really can't really fault that I think anything longer than, than about two and a half hours is, yeah, you're taking a gamble, right? So, I mean, I, I, again, I, I think back to Lord of the Rings. I mean, each, each movie was a full book, and those were over three hours, mostly. And they didn't want to do that with this. They wanted to, to break it up, um, so, which I think is the right move. So if we got a five-hour, five-and-a-half-hour total saga for the first, first book, That's cool by me. I I can dig that.
0: What do you think, Simon?
3: I think it's a perfect running time. You know, when you think Endgame is almost three hours long and how many people want to go see that? And I feel like people's attention span, if you give them the source material and they're enjoying their time, I don't think they'll be watching their phone and being like, oh God, I still have another hour of this. When is this over? Especially with Dune. I hope no one thinks that. And I think it's a good amount of time and... Probably will get an extended cut like The Lord of the Rings, maybe on Blu-ray, you know. You say that, but I don't know because there was supposedly the extended
2: cut of Blade Runner 2049 and that's never been released to my
3: knowledge. Or will it? A little bit before Dune comes out. That would be smart marketing also from Warner Brothers to be like, hey, i yeah. the director of Dune, Blade <laughs> Runner 2049 extended cut.
1: Yeah, that that's interesting. I mean... Lord of the Rings was filmed with with the, the it, it was a very interesting point in time. It was not actually f- filmed with theaters in mind. Um, Jackson filmed that those three films understanding that DVD was taking off and home video was taking off in a way that it never had before and he made those films with the extended cut first and then cut down for theatrical release. So it's it kind of an opposite um, philosophy that most films have with, you know, they, they, where the extended cut is actually the, the cut of record and then the, the theatrical is not. Um, usually it's the other way around where you have the theatrical cut being the, the one, the official one, and then the director's cuts afterwards more for the, the cinephiles. Um, not the case with Lord of the Rings. So I don't know if that's Villeneuve, Villeneuve style. I, I I don't think that's going to happen. Um we'll see though.
3: They've been so secretive about this filming also. Yeah, they have. Have they done that we don't know about? And obviously COVID was involved and all that, but still very interesting that they've been super hush hush about it. Oh,
1: sure. Yeah.
3: Yeah. We keep asking for marketing because mm-hmm. we had, you know, the
2: magazine, what was the magazine? Empire? Yeah. Had the the spread. And then, you know, we got the trailer and then it's kind of gone silent. There hasn't been a whole lot.
1: Yeah, well, with, with the, you know, with the pandemic, I, they, they were ready to, they were starting to ramp up their marketing, and then the pandemic hit, and then everything else got put on hold. So, you know, marketing plan was complete chaos. Everything sort of screeched to a halt. Um, and it's just about time to start kicking that into high gear again, uh, just to to meet that launch date. So it's it, it we we should really start seeing some real mass media marketing hitting very soon
0: yeah and we'll we'll touch into that in, in one of the next stories but we do have for example a comic-con end of july and there, there have been um uh, some hintings that are that a trailer is coming and i i fully expect that we we will have a trailer by by end of july but let's uh let's hope for that um what one of the things i wanted to mention is um uh, of course, we're not going to go into spoilers here, but there there have been people who have already seen seen the movie. Like we we have a couple of uh, of interviews uh, posted on this site as well for if for those people who are so inclined, uh, they can look it up. Uh, but one of the comments that I found interesting is that they they felt that the movie was was not uh, fast paced in, in in a way that it took its time to to develop the. Um, uh, develop the scenes, the, the characters, and everything. But at the same time, th- that viewer was saying that they didn't want the movie to end. They were like so engrossed in that, like that. You know, when when the movie end, you know, they were just left with the feeling of, uh, you know, I want to see this Emilia again. I want, I want more. I want the the sequel. And I think those type of reactions have been uh, very encouraging. And we've we've seen a couple of those those things that, uh, like that. So in terms of um, coming to the the ending in the movie. Um, yeah let's start with, with you Joe. What would the perfect ending point be for you for for Paul
1: um i think i think this is we know this right do we not know i, I feel like maybe uh, is it is it a is We're it a spoiler sure. for me to say this i don't i feel feel bad
0: uh i, I think don't, don't go into details but just like mention the scene. yeah
1: um I had initially said that um Paul taking the water of life would be a very interesting way to end it right like just like his eyes open and they're just you know blue and blue and he's all whacked out and wow i you know i know kung fu and, and all that right um that could be cool t- to to sort of just you know f- you know cut to black right there and you're you're just dying for more um but i it, it's it's clearly in the desert right the the main the, the the climax of this film will definitely be the the overthrow of House Atreides and the fleeing into the desert, and then, um, the rescue, um, quote unquote, by, C H Tabor, and then, you know, what goes on from there. Right there is there's the duel um, with Jameis and then you know things sort of start to escalate from there. So anywhere sort of in that time period is a good place to end.
2: Yeah, I think you and I have talked about it. You know, there, like you said, there's so many good ones. You could end it with the awakening scene. Jessica takes the water of life, and then it shows Aaliyah yeah.
3: becoming aware in the womb.
1: Yeah, that's like post-credit scene.
3: I think that would blow people's mind. Be like, what did I just see?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Especially if they could somehow like not reveal in the movie ahead of time that she was pregnant. So she takes the water. Post-credit scene is. Just
1: boom. if fetus just talking to you. <laughs> Postcard yeah. seemed like,
2: oh no. <laughs> and then to be continued. Yeah, that'd be wild. Little fetus Celia saying, to be continued. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be crazy.
0: Marcus, where would you want it to end? Yeah, so, so I, I, I like the, the idea of, of it ending um, after they meet uh, the, the Fremen. And then... Um, we we will have the you know obviously the the, the meetings of, uh, of uh, Paul and Shani and, and, and the fight and uh, potentially the, the the water of, of life scene. Um, I'm sort of would be concerned if if they try to fit too much in the first movie, um, because uh, we, we know that we have uh, like the last part of the book is actually much much shorter. Like uh, Frank Herbert originally didn't do a lot of description in the. In in this in the last uh, section of the book there was like a lot of a lot of stuff that was was glossed over we didn't see the reactions to certain major events um so while i expected in the second movie they will go into more of those reactions and really expand and go more into, into the lore uh, i think we should be cognizant that you know it is a two-part movie so they, they do have to balance those those two halves
1: well there's a lot of story to be told that you know frank frank would say in a sentence but can be told in many minutes on the screen right like um, gurney reaching out to his his smuggler friends and meeting meeting those guys like that's that's like one line you know in in a chapter of the book but that could be you know a whole a whole sequence in in the in the film um just one example of how that that second film can be expanded to really get a good idea um or a very clear idea of the story plus you have you know the entire plotline of the fen rings uh, fade Rotha as well there's there's nothing of fate in the first film so um
2: nothing of Errolon. Erlon,
1: yeah Erlon, right um there, there's there's a lot of characters and a lot they've been saving for part two um, also no guild navigators reportedly in the first film um so we'll be
2: giant giant worm guys in tanks yeah you know <laughs> they're like, we're not gonna lead with that this time
3: yeah those used to terrify me as a kid just saying
1: rightfully so they should if you were a yeah. child you should be terrified of that if you're not terrified of that um i want to hear from uh, yeah i'd love i'd love to know i'd love to know why why you
0: weren't hey let's let's jump into some expanded news the Duneverse books comics games collectibles and more so we have some um some gaming news. Um, well, uh, two two items. So the, the first is that uh, Gale Force Nine. So they're the the publishers of the um, uh, 2019 um, Dune the Board Game, which is a reissue of the of the original classic board uh, Dune board game that that came out uh, over 40 years ago. Uh, so they're releasing a um, Dune movie board game. So basically a n- completely new edition of the of the game, uh, which is going to be. Uh, uh, focused on uh, two to four-player uh, uh, gameplay, and um, that's going to be coming out in September. And an important point is that's going to come out actually before the movie releases. So people who are looking for more, doing after the movie, they'll be able to play um, play the game immediately afterwards. Um, so one. There were some images that were released this uh this past weekend and they shouldn't have been uh, released so respecting that fact just wanted to check um did any of you see the images and without mentioning what was on them what was your reaction to the to the board game cover and the and a new map i did not see
2: these i saw them i did and the whole oh they weren't supposed to be released i'm like oh they weren't they weren't i think they were uh that's just uh, yeah but uh, yeah, I'll purchase this one and it'll be sitting on my shelf with the other Dune board games. Um, I actually prefer the first edition from what it sounds like. Uh, I've, I've actually been lucky enough. I've got a board game group that a lot of them are Dune fans. So, you know, they were excited when, uh, when Gale Force 9 released the first one and it's been very popular. Uh, I am intrigued about a smaller one, though, because... The first one is very intensive and you you have to have a group of hardcore gamers to really to really get that game. And so this scaled down model intrigues me. And the artwork, you know, it the artwork on their 2019 release is not nearly as movie based as this one is. This mm-hmm. one they're much more modeled
0: the characters after the movie. Yeah, th- th- that's one of the, the points that they were they're were raising that, that basically the, the new uh, Dune movie board game version, it's, it's basically not just a reskin of the game, but it's a complete new, new game. They've optimized the gameplay, um, looking for play sessions you can play with two players and games will maybe last between 30 minutes and, and 90 minutes. So it's a fast fast uh, paced game, a lot of action. Um, Simon, like uh, you've seen the, the news, like are you planning to, to buy this game?
3: So I'll admit it, I'm not a gamer, but I do love the artwork. I've seen the artwork for the box, and I think it's very interesting if I can mention two characters that are facing against each other in a way. If you, if you can Google it or find that image, or if you're listening to this in the future, look it up, I'm sure you can find it, that Jessica and the Baron are kind of facing opposites of each other. I love that right there. You know, I love the imagery of the cover art. I'm intrigued to play this. Like I said, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. I've never played Magic the Gathering, but it's Dune, so I will give it a try.
1: Yeah, Rod Rod is Rod is Mr. Borg Gamesman <laughs> over at Dunecast.
3: As Joe was kind of
2: hinting, I I'm a gamer. And yeah. Yeah. Um the the Dune the Gale Force Nine one is very good. Uh, when you mentioned Dungeons and Dragons, it made me think, you know, of the uh, Imperium D20 system that they've, and I haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. Um, I just had an expensive work trip. And so <laughs> here, give me another couple of weeks and I'll probably have all those as well. But uh, if you are a gamer, you should absolutely be playing these games. They, you know, if you're a Dune fan, of course, you're going to want to play them. But if they're they're good games, they really are. Uh, my group is very hardcore gamers and
0: they absolutely love these series yeah and we'll be reviewing some of these these games on the, on the show as as well as as they come out or going back and reviewing some of the ones that have already been released we need to figure out a way to play them online
2: <laughs> like through steam tabletop or something
0: yeah and that, that's actually the the Gale force 9 the, the new version they've, they've been doing a lot of uh, play testing through a tabletop uh, simulator so there was there was a um, or actually, the, the classic uh, classic game, they, they actually had a tournament online uh, last month, uh, where people were competing uh, with, with the, the old board game for a prize. Oh, nice. So staying within gaming, there, there was actually another game that was, um, well, it, it was announced uh, earlier, but uh, Portal Games uh, has released uh, their website for Dune House Secrets. And on there, there's some new, new artwork and uh, information about the, the release date. So it's going to be released uh, in, in October in, in, a, uh, in Spiel, so like re- really big uh, gaming convention. And uh, there, the artwork is up, so it's, uh, you, can, you can, uh, can check it out. Um, have any of you uh, had a chance to look at this game?
1: No, I haven't heard anything uh, about this. Tell me more about it.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's going to be a game that's based on uh, Detective, a modern crime board game. So it's basically a story-driven game. Instead of having people competing against each other, there's gonna be cooperative play. And it's, uh, the idea is it connects with the events of, of the book. So you would take control of some, some characters who are maybe not in the book, but around at the time of the book and uh, potentially solve, solve mysteries, go on adventures. And um, there's gonna be basically different episodes to, to the game that are gonna be released. So it's gonna be a really story-driven experience. Uh, how does that sound to you, Joe?
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I think that, you know, that's definitely an opportunity there. Um, You know, I'm afraid the general public is going to get confused with all these board games or just may may pass right over them. Um, I'm hoping that they'll announce some sort of... I mean, no no electronic gaming has really been uh, announced yet, so it's probably not happening, um, unfortunately. But I I was hoping that we would get more of a video game or some sort of electronic experience um, soon. Just something that could be released, you know, on like a PlayStation five or, um, Xbox, you know, series X or something like that, that would just sort of get the mass market, um, sort of fans more engaged. Um, no, no, uh, no disrespect to the board games at all. i am I love board games and I, I, I play many, but you know, they're, it, it, you know, anyone will tell you it, it can be a niche market, uh, compared to, you know, the mass market of, of video games. So, I sort of hope that we get something, um, but
0: we'll see.
2: Yeah,
0: and Rod, as a gamer, are you are you excited by this um, uh, this new game?
2: Yeah, I am. Um, I will say, I, actually, my group isn't as much story driven games, but they will play them from time to time. So, if I bring it, they'll play it, <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm going to bring it.
0: And as Simon, the fact that this is more a story-driven game, does, does that appeal to you more than the, than the traditional board games?
3: I think so. And I agree. I wish we would have got some announcement at E3 of some type of video game. You know, I feel like they're losing out on not marketing to the gamers, to the, yeah. like, the PlayStation folks, You know, the, the Xbox people. I feel like that could have been a big hit. Because then people would have been like, oh, well, I played this game. Now I have to go see the movie.
1: Yeah. Do like an HD remaster of, of, you know, one of the RTS games back in the day, you know, do instead of Dune 2000, do Dune 2021. Um,
3: I love that w- game, by the way.
1: Everyone does, right? Like that would be a great one to, to, to redo and just, you know, bring, you know, give some, some H E graphics, you know, a nice RTS game. It would have been pretty cool. Um, hopefully there will be an announcement but honestly at this at this stage of the game it's probably a little late to hear about that um unfortunately
0: i agree it's, it it really is a missed opportunity I, I remember back when star wars was being released you had like the games some were better quality than, than others but they they got a lot of attention had huge huge player bases so that's really is another way to get people in, into the into the universe
1: yeah yeah you know sometimes i wonder the herbert estate um they're very selective on the types of licensing they do and it's not like lucasfilm right it is it is much more like the tolkien estate um which has you know has become looser as more people get old and die on what they decide to uh license out and i think that um the harvard estate really sort of stays in its lane with tabletop gaming um you know small bits of a you know, small amount of figures they don't they don't really wade into the mass market too much and i wonder um i wonder if that's the right move at this time
3: well speaking of figures i know you're talking about gaming figures have any of you picked up the mcfarland figures
2: oh yeah have them all
3: yep yep and by the way
2: um there is a video game coming out what oh what, yeah, I, I put it in the chat. I, you guys were talking like about a video game, and I'm like, I am positive that there's one coming out. So, uh, Funcom, yes, they've got a license, it's going to be in the oh. world. And, uh, but they did say it's a couple years away. I'm today, a but, moron, uh, yeah.
1: We we have heard it. I i talked to Funcom about this years ago.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm sitting there going, like, like what, what, what? There, there's a game, like, I know I, I read I, about a game coming out. Yeah, I'm a and moron. I'm like, did that um, get canceled and I missed
1: it? Who knows, man? Uh, yeah, I've I've heard about this. Uh and I, I, I literally talked to Funcom at a uh at a Games Expo years ago about this. So we'll we'll see. It's been a while. Um sometimes games are announced and they never happen. Um yeah. haven't heard much since. I'll tell you that much. Have not heard much since then. Um that yeah. was years ago.
0: Yeah, and I think they did say like we're a couple of years out from doing this. Actually, last year, last year there were some uh, job openings, uh, which seem to be related to the game. So it seems like it's been in development for a while. It's still going to be in development for, for another while. So yeah, as, as you're saying, it could be a couple of years away.
3: Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship when they do this, because I feel like it's going to hurt the marketing for the game or the movie. And then people will be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Great. But also, if you're spending the time and developing the game really well, then I'm okay with it and mm-hmm. i i'm i'm with you i'm hoping that they're developing the game well
2: but i'm not I, I as much of a board gamer as i am i'm not a huge video gamer but again i will buy it <laughs> <I> will <play. laughs> yeah yeah we'll we'll check I've, it I've out been, i've been opening my wallet a lot this last year um
1: yeah it it's it's been a while since we've heard anything about this funcom game um but you know hopefully i mean hopefully it'll come out but yeah, as of April 2020, yeah, Dune is still a few years away. <laughs> and let me tell you something, if the if the if the movie does not do well, we'll see how many how many years it takes because it's there's no uh there's no incentive for them to release a game on a on a film of tanks, right? Um so we'll see
0: yeah for the last uh news item for today we look at the the comics so dune house atreides um which is the um, uh, comic uh, adaptation of um the novel of the same same name that was uh, written by uh, brian herbert and kevin j anderson in 1999 uh, so that's receiving a comic adaptation by um, by boom studios uh eight issues have been released uh, up till now and uh now we have the the first hardcover release, which contains the first uh, four issues. Uh, Simon, let's start with you. Have have you been keeping up with these uh, these comics? And if not, are you planning to get the hardcover? So I've
3: been keeping up with them as I've been buying them. And I knew we were going to start doing this show. And that's why I haven't read them. I'm waiting until like a good week before we talk about the physical comics. You know, um, I flipped through them. They look gorgeous I trust boom boom is a great company for licensed stuff and I think it's an interesting choice that they want with that that novel you know to introduce the non dune people to House of Atreides
1: from our perspective it seems like an odd choice right um, from Brian Herbert's perspective it does not uh, because yeah because it's his prequel and he sort of I think from Brian's perspective perspective, he feels like that book is laying the stage for everything that comes after. Um, right. Whether or not that's the case. Um, uh, I think there's a, there's an argument to be made there with people need, I don't think you need to start at house of Trades. Um, but I've been reading it. It's, it's really good. It's, it's really good. I, I like it a lot. Um, really been enjoying the artwork really been enjoying the, the pacing of it it's been it's been really enjoyable read
0: had you read the, the book before
1: no i've been saving it for DuneCast. nice yeah so i, I almost feel spoiled for the for the podcast because of our, now i have this this amazing adaptation i've been i've been digging through but hey that's all right though
0: and yeah, we we've heard a lot of people praising the the pacing of the of the comic that is it's it's well well scripted and even better paced than the than the book um,
1: my 3-year-old daughter is really into the um the dune graphic novel these days it's been sitting on my bedside table and she just flips through it I'm like this isn't really a a book for 3-year-olds but hey <laughs> i'll read you a few select pages
0: yeah.
3: so you know what's interesting about that book sorry to go off topic but so i have a coworker who loves reading She's a diehard reader. She's like, I really want to get into Dune, but it scares me. You know, the typical stuff that you always hear, right? She bought the graphic novel for, I think her son is 14 or 15 for the holidays. And apparently he loved it. And he's super excited about the movie. So there, that's great marketing release, you know, stuff like that. And yeah,
1: that's a great plan. It's a great strategy to do that. And I, I, I'm glad that people are are getting into it through the graphic novel because it really is fantastic.
3: That's a beautiful looking book.
1: Yes, it is. Great artwork.
0: Sitting on my shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and going back to the House of Atreides series, of course, it, the, the title of the book is House of Atreides, and that's the, the focus. But you, of course, get to uh, meet uh, Baron Harkonnen, like uh, go into the history of, of Harkonnen, and you understand how the emperor came to power. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely like introducing the, the wider, wider setting, basically, thir- 35 years. Uh, before the story of the movie is, is going to be set uh, rod have have you been keeping up with these comics
2: i have not i've got them all sitting at my local comic store i know they're sitting at my local comic store and with covid and my weird work schedule like i just haven't been able to get in there like i called them one time and i'm like i swear i'm gonna pick these up and they're like well you've already paid for them you know we've charged your card so come get come get them whenever <laughs> you can so um i'm trying but like i'm hoping now that they start going back to their normal hours because it was one of those we're open for like two hours on a wednesday when i'm at work and it's like this doesn't help me. <laughs>
1: yeah that's why i'm a digital boy when it comes to when it comes to uh I do
2: like a comic like a physical copy like i have physical yeah. physical copies of all the dune books as well as audio like some of them i haven't actually read i've listened to but i still have a physical <laughs> copy on my shelf
1: I live in a condo, man. <laughs> I just don't have the space anymore. I, I, had, to, I had to switch to digital. I'm a, I'm a digital boy all the way these days, unfortunately. Still love my physical copies, but
3: yeah, not for the comics. I'm about 50-50 on when it comes to comics.
2: So it sounds like I do need to read these, though, like try and make time to get to the store and pick them up or send somebody to pick up my comics for me. Yeah, man. Just do. They're great.
1: You got you to get no over there.
3: DoorDash delivers comics they'll deliver anything if you pay them enough. Probably so. <laughs> That's why we should start a DoorDash for comics and action figures. Sane.
1: Comic Dash. Oh, my. If I could find someone to go out there and find action figures for me at the stores, that actually would be a very interesting proposition. Patent pending, patent pending, patent pending. Uh, no one steal that. Um, <laughs> I, I, could, I could deal with that. I, I would like that. Yeah, like, an, like, an, like a DoorDash for action figures. Wow, Simon, you're a genius. I try. I try.
0: <laughs> cool. That's that's it for for news for, for this this time. But as as we know, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming in, in the next few weeks over the summer. So we're going to have lots to cover in the upcoming shows. Uh, but for now, it's time for the lance rod. So that's our uh, our discussion topic to to end this show.
2: The Lance rod High Council is now in session.
0: So to s- start out, one of the, um, the things we were talking about earlier is, is how, how new fans are going to perceive the movie. We're talking about maybe people who haven't haven't read the book. You know, they're, they're learning about the, the movie. They're learning about, uh, you know, it's going to be starring Timothy Ch- Chalmay. It's going to be starring Z- Zendaya. Uh, they're, they're seeing, uh, at least from last year, the marketing that, that we did get at, at, at that point. But basically, these are people who are coming in fresh and experiencing this uh uh, first time. So I think, uh, Rod, you, you had touched on that, um, that earlier. So how do you talk to these, these people who are maybe just learning about the Doom movie that's coming out?
2: You know, I, like I said earlier, I try and stress with them, you know, like this isn't just a sit down, blow through the book, you know, take your time, read it. And I always tell them, you know, like, Hey, if you have any questions, like reach out to me. Um, and because i'm happy to talk dune with anybody especially a new fan it's just fun when when they talk about what a great person paul is i'm like yeah you wait
1: yeah yeah great i know we every all dune fans prepare everyone's gonna get a lot of chalamet uh worship out there there's gonna be a lot of paul is the greatest he's so cool he's another luke skywalker It's, it's half the first film um everyone's gonna really be in hero worship um of, of, of Paul Atreides. So that's going to be real fun <laughs> in a couple of years if they make more movies.
3: Well, without going into spoiler territory, all I'm going to say is God Emperor. I can't wait to see people's reactions for that one. If they ever make that into a show or a movie. Oh my gosh.
1: That'd be so amazing. Um, You know, I to Rod's point, I think the best thing we can do when this movie comes out is just sit back a little bit and... You know, like, like you said, like, yeah, I've read a lot of Dune. I know a lot of Dune. If you have any questions, let me know. But once it's out there, it's not, you know, I don't, I don't want
2: to. Don't be the smartest guy in the room.
1: Don't be, yeah, you're right. It's. I don't want to say it like this. It, I don't mean it like this, but it's not ours anymore once it's out there. It's not just for the people who have read the books anymore. It's for everybody when a film is out there, it's for the mass market. And when everyone is, when everyone is available to see it, if they choose to see it, then they have as much right to talk about it and love it as we do. And um, yeah, don't be the smartest guy in the room. Don't try and spoil things, let's say, or don't try and, um, you know, yeah, stifle any sort of enthusiasm they have just because they don't know uh, what happens next. Right. Let's just, let's make it inviting. Let's, Let's let people have fun with it at their own pace. Cause we were all, We were all halfway through book one at one time.
3: Yeah. People should enjoy the show. And if they have questions, they can always feel free to ask.
1: Yeah. 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 Help people get hyped. Don't, um, don't get in, you know, it it may be easy to get annoyed with, you know, uh, preteens, yeah, loving Chalamet and Zendaya, but really they're there to, you know, they're, they're falling in love with Dune at the same time. Right. So don't, uh, don't discount any 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 hype and any fandom is good for that
0: guy. Pretty much. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and and so I, mean, I I know that for your work you're like in contact with with a lot of people every day. Like, have you seen any any buzz on the ground? Or like, like do do anybody uh, like just come up and talk about Dune, or is it pretty uh, silent at the moment?
3: So here here's a little rundown on Simon's life. So Simon works at Target. Okay. So I can tell you the action figures are not moving. I think they're collecting dust, mm. which is sad. Um, I have a couple of team members that were like, oh, you like Dune. I always wanted to read it, right? Like one of the girls was like, I'm going to start reading it. And I was, I was like, okay. She's like, okay, it's, I'm going to listen to the audiobook. I'm like, okay, cool. No problem, right? By the way, the audiobook, if you're interested in listening to it, is one of the best audiobooks ever produced. Yes, it is. So she's like, so I started it and... There's like a quiz that has her at Hazarat, and then there's this box. And pretty much what we said earlier, I think people are getting interested. It has an amazing cast, but I think people are still kind of on the edge of it. People are like, "Oh, it's like a wannabe Star Wars," huh? and that's when you got to be like, "I'm not going to be that guy." Yep, I'm not going to be that because guy because I
2: think we've all seen Star Wars have their schisms and fandom. Let's not do
3: that.
1: <sighs> yeah, we have we have a moment here do not let that happen and it's important to not let that happen
3: yeah let's all join and celebrate this accomplishment in filmmaking that's right so i think the hype is not there yet i know that i so i run self-checkout at night and a couple weeks ago i had someone buy an action figure i was like oh sweet he's buying an action figure i'm gonna talk to this guy right I'm like, oh hey man, have you read Dune? Are you excited about the movie? I don't know. My girlfriend really likes it, so I'm just gonna get her this figure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, cool. Well, you should check it out. It's really good. And I was like, all right, back to just watching people pay for stuff now.
1: Yeah, the the action figure rollout was it was a real shame because they were they were rolled out right at the perfect time for the original release, and they couldn't uh, they couldn't be held back because where are they going to go they need to be put on shelves just because that's the that's the business but it really did sort of destroy the sales of those figures because there was no reason to buy them at the moment Um, If
3: you're a diehard dune fan because exactly i know someone told me why is that guy so big and so massive when they're talking about the emperor figure i mean not the emperor sorry yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's a massive figure
1: It's out of scale. It's 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 crazy. (laughs) Like they made one prestige figure. Um it's just wild how massive it is.
2: Now I know Joe, you've opened yours. Have you guys opened your figures yet?
1: Oh yeah.
3: Yeah. I let my figures run mine mine are
2: still in the box and I will open them at some point, but
1: Well, dude, they're like discounted. You can you can pick up the whole series
2: now for dirt cheap. So you might as well buy two and open up one. Yeah.
1: They're great out of the box, they, they are great, really
2: good. And I'm just like, I want to open them so bad, but I'm like, but they look so cool in the box, they do. Yeah, but they
3: the other collectibles that were really nice are the pop figures that are currently out. I was lucky, my girlfriend got me three of them for my birthday, and the details are a little impressive for a little pop figures.
2: I have never been a big pop fan, and I haven't bought the Dune ones yet, but those are the only ones that I've been tempted to buy. He said, yeah. yeah, man, I'm not
1: a, I'm not a Funko Pop guy, um, but you know, the, you know, fans like them. If people like them, that's cool. Uh, it's not my, not my deal.
0: Yeah, at least with, with all of these, they're, they're out there now. So, so hopefully, once the hype does build up, that, that they'll start to. Uh garnering interest, yeah. I think we've 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 all touched on that, like on the the idea of the marketing. But uh, because we we launched the the site like when the first trailer was released, and like you know the the hype was was miles high. You know, like everybody was was talking about it. Like you know, like it, it was it was everywhere. Uh, and you know, it was really really surprising that just like one one month uh, later, like basically as soon as the delay was announced, it was like that hype completely dissipated. Like, and nobody was uh, was talking about it anymore for uh, for yeah a good period of months. And I think. Only now that they're starting to build build up again, but I think we we really need to get to that um, that push going uh, over the summer. Um, but yeah, like like thinking about this, I'm just excited by the fact that what once that marketing d- does does start up and like once people are actually seeing at the movie, as, as you're saying, we're going to get all these new people who are experiencing this. this the first time and like that brings me back uh I, I mentioned that when when I was uh uh Joan Rod when I was on the Dune cast some some time ago about how I I first got in, into Dune you know I was in the in the school library and you know I was I would have finished uh Lord of the Rings and some other stuff and then I was looking for something uh, else to read and like I you know I was just uh saw Dune on the shelf and was was blown away you know I just just wanted to read through quickly to Dune Messiah and Children of uh Children of Dune and you know, it just had like such, such an, uh, an impact. I think it was a very different type of story than, that I had read read before, like going beyond the simple like good versus evil, but like a really like complex uh, dynamics and like the primary school me like really like uh, it enjoyed all, all of that. And I think it's uh, really got me into uh, into science fiction in general and exploring the, the genre more widely. Um, so, uh, Joe, uh, starting with, with you, like, what's your experience with uh, with getting into Dune, and what does it mean to you uh, now? Yeah, uh,
1: this is fun. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a child of the '80s, um, born born in 1980, born at the beginning of 1980, and uh, so that now you know how old I am. And <laughs> um, my whole life, I was told ah, Dune's weird. You don't you don't want to read it. You probably don't want to read it. Yeah, the first book maybe, but you don't want to read it. Um, up until I turned 28, when I said, you know what, this actually looks cool. I'm going to read it. And I didn't give a crap about what anyone thought. I'm going to do it for myself because I was interested. And, uh, that was a, a theme of most people when they turned 28, 29, 30, they had to stop, you know, they started taking their own advice and maybe not as much of, uh, other people's. And it was good because it turned out I loved it. And then I said, Hey, so have, you know, talked to my friends, have you guys read, you know, the other books. And they're like, yeah, they're not as good. Don't don't read them. And I read the second one. And I loved it. And then I read the third one. And I, I loved it even more. And every single book I read, I loved even more. And yeah, so my experience with it was, you know, insta fan, and everyone around me just, they just weren't on that level. That is, you know, that sort of internet 1.0 convention that, you know, sort of started around the Usenet generation where, uh, you know, the the, the books are all declined in quality after the first one. Um which is a, a crappy way to think because I I don't even think that the story is fleshed out until the end of four. Um you know at least at least the first sequence of it. So yeah, no, I, I um that that's really how I came to it. And it really was a very personal journey, um and something that really changed the way I think about Many things um, with regards to life and philosophy probably helped me um, in my journey to become an atheist uh, quite a bit, but yeah, you know, one factor among many, I'm sure. But yeah, it was uh, it, it made a big impact at a very crucial point so, in my life.
0: Rod, what's your story?
2: So uh, mine's similar to Joe. I was a child of the late 70s, so uh, 77. So I grew up in a really small town. Uh, not a lot of, uh, heavy readers that I knew growing up. Um, I was in boy Scouts. We played Dungeons and Dragons. So for a long time, a lot of the books I read were the novels from DD. and And then I get in my twenties. I moved to Champaign, Illinois. It's a bigger town, hanging out with more people. And I'm at a friend's house for dinner and I'm looking at his bookshelf. Cause I promise you anybody, if I'm at your house, I'm checking out your bookshelf. Yep. And I'm going through it and I was like, I pulled out Dune, and he's like, You what'd you think of that one? And I'm like, I've never read that. And it blew his mind. He couldn't believe it. And he was like, No, you need to read this. And so I would say Dune was the first real sci-fi novel that I read, sci-fi fantasy. Up until then, I'd just kind of been reading pulp dungeons and dragons stories, stuff like that, you know, nothing major. And so he introduced me to Dune. From there, you know, I've discovered a lot more sci-fi fantasy, but It, uh, I loved it. Like I read the first one immediately went out and bought the next five. So I would have them. So there would be no delay. Uh, I mean, and then from there I've gone to Kevin and Brian's and been reading them. And I I just fell in love with it the first time I, I still revisit usually on an audio every year or two. I revisit the original book, at least if not the entire run.
0: Very cool. And Simon, when did you first get into Dune? So I'm a,
3: Child of the late 70s, also 78 here. I like that. Maybe Marcus, you're 79. That would be perfect. <laughs> right. I'm um, oh, the baby here. So I'm the old. Year old baby. I'm the old man. <laughs> so, <laughs> how I got introduced to it, my parents used to have kind of like a big lots type of store back in France. That's where I grew up. And they had, you know, someone saying, Hey, you guys should really invest in these action figures. Because it's going to be the next big Star Wars thing, and you you know you should be on top of it so you can buy these figures and make a profit. So guess what? No one bought those figures. And guess who <laughs> ended up with? A bunch of figures. <laughs> wow. I, granted, I don't have any of them anymore. Um, but I remember playing with them and the costume design, like especially on the Harkonnens and the Setacord, I was just like, there's something weird and kind of gothic about it. As a little kid, being like, this is awesome. So I played with those figures. And then I had seen the movie and I was like, ah, okay. But one day, I think I was probably in ninth grade. I went to a bookstore, I saw Dune. I was like, oh wait, those are the toys I used to love to play with, right? Picked up the book and I was like, put it down after a couple of chapters. I was like, okay, this is too intense for me. Went back, maybe two years later, and then fell in love with it. And every time I read it, and I'm one of those people that listens to the audiobook or reads it all the way through at least once a year, I find something else that somehow has impacted my life. So, And plus I lived in Morocco for six months of my life and that was pretty much like Arrakis. That was just desert. <laughs> so I kind of felt like Paul a little bit there. But yeah, it's something, it is my favorite piece of literature. That crime and punishment and 1984 are like
0: my favorite piece of literature ever well said yeah, if you said awesome so um yeah i think we're we're about ready to to wrap up this first episode um uh, joe rod do you guys have any final thoughts before we uh, we wrap up
1: um mm, final final thoughts dune is awesome um <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh
1: you know what what more can we say? We we love this world and we love the uh the literature and everything about it. So yeah, hopefully hopefully, you know, all the listeners of uh, you know, this the show are going to come along for the ride. Um can't wait to you know hear from all of you and uh yeah, if you like what you heard, maybe check out Dunecast too. Awesome.
2: You know, thanks for having us on here. I, I Joe and I have talked about it. one of the things I love is like the Dune fan community is very welcoming to each other you know we don't have i feel like everybody's excited for what's coming so like joe was alluding to earlier when we get new fans and you know if they're not interested in the book that's fine just be happy that other people like what you like on some level and let them enjoy it and talk with them about it
0: it'll be fun
1: yeah thanks for having us on guys
0: awesome yeah so as mentioned this is just just the beginning uh so we're gonna be uh, continuing to record bringing you more more news more end of discussions and uh yeah just uh keep an eye out so a lot more coming soon and of course uh, check out uh, do newsnet for all the latest uh news uh joseph uh, where can they find you
1: well um you can find me at uh, dunecast.com um which is hosted on uh retrozap.com which is a site i run um, that does pop culture news analysis, has a massive podcast network, um, big community. It's a really good time, so
0: check me out over there. Rodney, where can they find you?
2: Uh, I guess pretty much only at uh, Rod on Twitter. Uh, not as active on there as I should be, but
3: uh, you want to talk some Dune, holler at me.
2: Always happy to talk to you.
0: Simon?
3: Um, pretty much all the socials, but Instagram's my jam. Uh, it's S- Dowdy, so my last name s-d-a-o-u-d-i
0: and uh, this is uh, marcus so uh, right now the best place is uh on dude and you can follow us at do News Net on twitter and uh, instagram and i'll eventually probably set set up my own socials as well so thanks everybody for listening to this first episode of dune talk and looking forward to continuing the journey with with all of you as the movie approaches we hope you've enjoyed dune talk remember to like Subscribe and turn on notifications so you know when the next episode drops. Stay tuned to DuneNewsNet.com and add us to your social feeds. Be the first to hear breaking news and reviews.